0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. And this this is the area called the Faith Hall of Fame again. And what you begin to see in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11... That it will say over and over, by faith, by faith, by faith. Or some translations say, it was by faith. And so we begin to see that. And faith is is learning to accept the knowledge of God to the point in my life where I believe it and I obey it. So faith would be expressed in my obedience, my persistence, and even within my sacrifice. Now we've we've gone over and over in this, and so we jump into verse thirty-two tonight, uh, Hebrews eleven, verse thirty-two. And what more shall I say? Or how much more do I need to say? For the time would fail me. Literally stated, to take it would take too long to recount all the stories of faith. So it would take for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon of Barak, of Samson, of Japheth, also of David, of Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith they subdued kingdoms. Now when it talks about that one right there, it's talking about a man named Joshua and a woman named Deborah. They overthrew kingdoms. It goes on to say, they worked righteousness. This was a man named Nehemiah. They obtained promises And they stopped the mouths of lions, Daniel. They quenched the violence of fire. That's in uh, Daniel 3, the the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He goes on to say, "They, they escaped the edge of the sword. That was a prophet named Elijah who ran from a woman named Jezebel. It also says, out of weakness, they were made strong. That was Hezekiah. They became valiant in battle, and they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. That was a man named Gideon. Now, as I begin to look at some of those right there, it says out of weakness they were made strong. By faith, they did just the opposite. And so it says they were weak at one time. They they had to look and trust God. They became valiant in battle. By faith. Now, I want to turn to the book of Judges, and we're going to look at Gideon tonight. And and you're going to begin to see some of this stuff about these these men and women in here. So go to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6. So as you're turning there, all these ones that we even talked about right then, everything they did, they did by faith. They trusted and they believed God. Now, when I talk about faith here, guys, faith doesn't guarantee you a a carefree life. Oftentimes, I believe that when you begin to walk in the things of God or in faith, it guarantees you some form of abuse or opposition from the world. But understand this, even when I go through this, God will keep his promises. God will be with you. Now, if you don't know where you're going, you're going um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and then Judges. We're in the book of Judges. Now, let me tell you what's going on here a little bit. The Israelites at this point in their life, they were experiencing incredible oppression at the hand of these guys that were Midianites. And when you look at this, they had literally hit rock bottom in their life. They were impoverished, and it was really, really bad. So we pick up Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Now, the angel of the Lord came and he sat under the Tirbanith tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abzerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, what this is literally talking about here is this guy named Gideon, he was a farmer. And what they would normally do, they would take their wheat and they would put it in a wide open area and they would begin to separate the grain from the chaff. But in this situation, he said he was in a wine press. That was like a pit, a little bitty pit. And the reason he was down in there separating the chaff from the grain was because he could not be noticed by these knuckleheads called the Midianites because they would come in and steal everything he had. So he's down in the bottom of this wine press. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, I, I want to stop just a second on that. Because when we read the angel of the Lord appeared to him, oftentimes we have thoughts that angels don't show up like that anymore, but they do. Hebrews 13, 2 says this, that many of you were unaware that you entertained uh, strangers, which were angels. You study it out. Also in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says that God sends his ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. And so when you read this, understand the angels are still around. They're still active. Well, pastor, how often do you see him? Well, here's the truth of the matter. I've never seen an angel with my physical eyes. Now, I'm not against it. But just because I can't see him doesn't mean I don't believe him. Now, I'm going to ask a show of hands in here. How many of you in this room have seen an angel before? It's quite a few of you. So, again, I don't look at these guys and think, Man, you guys have been smoking some crazy dope. Seeing angels, are you kidding? No, it's, it's in the Bible. And so again, when you see this, understand this is what's going on with Gideon. So this angel shows up, and he peers to him, and he said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor, you hero, you great warrior. Now, when you begin to see this right here, the angel literally was pointing to Gideon's potential. He says, you mighty man of valor. And so oftentimes in our life, we don't look at ourselves through the eyes of how God sees us. And so this is what he begins to tell him, you mighty, mighty man of valor. Keep reading. And Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this bad happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying... Did not the Lord bring up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and He's delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, when you look at that there in verse 13, understand this that Gideon begins to, he begins to question God. And he felt like God had forsaken him in view of their present circumstances. But listen, and we get in this in our in our own lives. Oftentimes, because we've, we've had calamity in our lives, we bring it on ourselves. And, and when we bring it on ourselves, normally it's because we've disobeyed or we've neglected God. And so there's no personal accountability. So you know what? When we begin to experience tragedy, you know what human nature is? We've got to blame somebody. And will they blame other people or will they blame God? But the real problem was they were the problems. The Midianites weren't the problem. How many of you have ever blamed God? I've blamed God. I've gotten mad at God. I mean, you go back in the book of Genesis there with with, uh, Adam and Eve. And when all hell broke loose at them, you remember what Adam said? He said, it's that woman that you gave me. So he blames the woman and then he blames God. How often do we do that as human beings? And so that's exactly what he's doing. He doesn't take responsibility for his own choices. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bob Principle, and I know we have some people in here named Bob, but it's just a term. The Bob Principle goes like this. If Dick has a problem with Bob, and and Tommy has a problem with Bob, and Sammy has a problem with Bob, Bob's probably the problem. So again, let me ask something. When you begin to see patterns in your life, it's easy to blame this person and this person and this person, but the truth of the matter is, could I be the problem? And so it takes a robe of humility to say, I could be the problem. And so right here, part of the predicament they're in is because they don't take responsibility for their choices or their actions. Keep reading, verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Now that's an interesting phrase there. Because if you were to cross reference that in your Bible. It would take you to a very famous passage in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. And it says this. Be strong and of good courage. And so again, my strength comes from God. Remember uh, Ephesians six ten says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And so right here, when He tells him, Go, go, as, as you've been sent, understand, when God sends you, God's going to grace you. Where, where, where God guides, He provides. Where God leads, He feeds. He'll take care of you. But again, when God said to them this thing, would it be a step of faith? It would be a huge step of faith. Huge. Now, again, I want you to place yourself in the story. There's areas in your life that God wants to use you, but it's going to take that step of faith, that leap of faith. Keep reading here. Verse 15. So he said to him, Now, this is Gideon, he's saying back to God, he said, or to this angel, he said, Oh, my Lord, how could I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Now, that last statement where it says, I'm the least in my father's house, you know what the message says? It literally says, I am the runt of the litter. And so if you go back and look everything he just said, he said, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Now, think about this. Manasseh was one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's saying, out of the whole nation that I'm in, this, this this area of people called Manasseh, we're the weakest clan of that. And he said, worse than that, I'm the least in my father's house. And so again, you begin to see something here with this guy named Gideon. He doesn't see himself the way God sees himself. And it's very important for every one of us in there to start seeing ourselves, how God sees us. And when I find out in the scriptures how God sees me, that's what I begin to speak over my life. So again, there in uh, Revelations 12, 11, it says, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I'm an overcomer. You know, in, in uh, Romans 8, 37, it, it says, no, this this is Philippians four thirteen. He says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. In Romans 8, it says, if God be for me, who can be against me? And so again, I begin to find out these things about what God says about me. And I've got to start seeing myself through how God sees me and what the Word of God says about me. And so when you begin to find Scripture, you begin to speak that and you begin to believe that. You know, there was years ago when I, when I was 21, I, I was in Bible school. And I'm going through school and it hits me. To pastor, that means you got to get in front of people and speak. Duh. Well, I was terrified. Man, growing up, I I would not do that. I I remember in in school when they told me you had to get an oral report. Not. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I'll flunk the class before I'll do it. And so I, I remember that when I begin to speak, oh my gosh, I would sweat profusely. And I would sense the Lord saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with I'm going to help you. And I'd say, Lord, you better hurry up. And so I begin to get more comfortable just because God said, this is what my desire is for you to do. And so every one of us in this room, if we're not careful, we'll put limitations on ourselves. God won't. And so looking, he's saying here to this guy named Gideon, he said, buddy, i got to have you. You're my boy. You can do this. But he doesn't see himself that way at all. And so Gideon, again, he begins to reflect his weaknesses. And when God said, you mighty man of valor, he said, "Not. Nah, that's not me. You got the wrong address, God. How I many of you have ever said stuff like that to God? You begin to act like, well, God, couldn't you do, do that with me? And so what he does is he feeds himself on his inadequacies. We've all done that. We've all been there. And maybe you had someone tell you in your life, you won't amount to nothing. You'll never do that. Again, i got to get rid of that, that thinking, and i got to start saying about myself what God says. Verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely, I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, this was what God was saying to him. You're going to have to make a stand, okay? And so, just, just moving ahead in this quickly, he had to believe this. You know why he had to believe this? This man named Gideon became the fifth judge of Israel. This man named Gideon, guys, he ended up in the Faith Hall of Fame. You don't end up in the Faith Hall of Fame without being committed, without being dedicated, and without sacrificing. So I jump ahead a little bit to say something began to happen on the inside of this guy where he came to a place in his life and he said, You know what? I can be who God says I can be, and I can do what God says I can do, and I can have what God says I can have. And so every one of us in this room, we got to get to a place in our life where you can say, I can do that. Well, you know, this has been the pattern in our life. Well, if you go back to the man named Abraham, remember what God said to him? He said, listen, Abe, you're going to be the father of many nations. When God said that about him, you know how many kids he had? Zero. And so if you look at the scripture, Romans 4, 17, it says, God calls those things that don't exist as though they did. And so when God said to him, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, Abraham had to come to a place and say, okay, God, if you said it, then I'm going to start believing it. And so there's many in this room that if I'm not careful, I begin to live by my limitations. And I cut God off. Chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Now we're moving ahead rapidly, okay? Verse 1. Then Jeroboam, which is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, they rose early, and they encamped beside the well of heart, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. Let me tell you what's going on here. Gideon's getting all his boys, all his men, and they're on one side of this mountain, But over the other side of the mountain, down in this valley, it's estimated there was 100,000 of the Midianites. 100,000 of those rascals. Verse 2. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many. Now, can you imagine him saying that? God tells him, he said, You've got too many men, Gideon. Are you sure, God? I don't think I could have too many men now look what he said or why he says this to him he says you got too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim the glory for itself against me and say my own hand to save me so you know what he said if you go down there with this many men I know what's going to happen you'll all look at yourself with self-sufficiency and pride and say look what we did aren't we great? But watch what Father God does here. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is a fearful and afraid, let him turn and apart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Now can you imagine this being Gideon? Put yourself in the story. I would have probably went, uh, thank you God. I, I, I really appreciate what you just did. We just went from 32,000 to 10,000 men just like that. But if you'll notice through this scripture, he didn't say to God, I quit because of opposition, because of too much challenges, I quit. He didn't quit. Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. That's just great, God. That's just great. I really appreciate what you're doing. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And whoever I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall not go. Now understand this. He's listening to all this with Father God. Just like me and you can listen to the Word of God. We can read the Word of God and we can scripture, read the Scripture, but i got to get to a place in my life where I believe you, Father God. I trust you. And in this situation... No matter what the numbers were. Guys, just because there's huge numbers doesn't guarantee success or victory. No matter what the odds were in Vegas on this, he trusted God. When God said, you still got too many, he didn't stomp his feet and said, I'm done. I quit. Get somebody else. So watch what God does when he tests them. Verse 5. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. So remember, God said, I'm going to test them for you. So he said this, those who get down on their knees and they lap that water up like a dog with his tongue, the reason he did that is those ones that were in this position right here? They could lap that water up with their tongue, and they could keep their eyes up. They never dropped their guard, and not only could do that, they still had a hold of their weapons. But those ones who came in like a, 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 on their knees, like he said, they would bend down like this, and their eyes wouldn't be open or up, and they would put their weapons down. So God says, I'm going to teach you what to do here. I'm going to show you. Verse 6. And the number of those who lapped putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men. Now Gideon probably didn't have a calculator back then. But he sure knew how to add. And he knew how to subtract. And he said, this is a great God. We go from 32,000 to 10,000. And now you got me down to 300. Do you know what's interesting about this guy? He didn't quit. He didn't give up. You know what? I believe he got to a place in his life where he said this. If God said it, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to obey. And that's the same for every one of us. I have a choice with the Word of God. When I see what the Word of God says, I can choose to believe it. Or you can throw it away and, and, and discredit it, discard it, get rid of it any way you want. Verse 7. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by these 300 men who lapped, I will save you. Now this is what God said. God said, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand Let all the other people go, every man to his place. He said, send them home. Get rid of them. Let me tell you what happens. Gideon takes these 300 men, these dog lappers, and he says, go back to your house. And he said, I want every one of you to get these clay pitchers. And you take these clay pitchers. And when I tell you to, you put a candle on the inside of them. And when we go down the side of the hill tonight, when I tell you guys to light it, every one of you light that candle, and then we're going to begin to blow the trumpet. And when we blow the trumpet, then you start taking instruments, and you bang on the side of those clay pots as loud as you can. Now, I really wonder to this day if there were some of those guys that said, what do you want us to do again? Are, are you sure you don't want us to get a few extra bows and, and sharpen our sword? So here's what happens they start coming down that hill at night, and Gideon said, Light your candles. And they begin to blow those trumpets and they begin to bang on those pots. And so those Midianites down in the valley, they look up on the hill and they see the lights. They hear all the noise. And you know what it says? They they panic. And they retreat and they turn. And Gideon leads them into battle and they capture every one of them without drawing a sword. I wonder this day if Gideon didn't look at his, those 300 and say, What do you think, boys? God's a good God. God will protect us. God will do what he said he would do. And so victory, guys, it doesn't depend on how many numbers you are, have. It doesn't depend on what type of degree you have. Victory, it comes when we learn to obey God and believe what God says about us. So when I look at this passage right here, I begin to say, now I see why that guy's in the Faith Hall of Fame. You're talking about trusting God. So some of you are in areas right now, you need to trust God. Believe God. And the two main ways that we right now as New Testament believers, we can learn to be guided by God, two ways. Number one, it's through the Holy Spirit. Remember the Lord Jesus said, He said, fellas, you've got to receive the Holy Spirit. Here's two verses you may want to write down. Romans 8, 14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. God will lead you by your Spirit. Number or uh, The second verse that I want to quote is Romans 8, 16, and it says this, That the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. He didn't say he'll bear witness with your brain. He said I'll bear witness to your spirit, to your heart. And so that comes from taking time to get into the presence of God and beginning to listen to God and begin to hear His voice. Now I like to liken it to this. Ooh, I gotta move. I gotta move. I gotta move. There's times in your life that when you begin to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. It'll lead you by peace or with a yuck. And what I mean by peace is when you begin to say you're you're going to buy a car and you say, Holy Spirit, I I need you to lead me by this. I need your help. If there's a peace on the inside of you, whoo, it's just just peace and calm. You know what that is? That's like a green light. That's like he's saying, go, go. But if you get an unrest within you, a kind of a yuck within you, that's like the Holy Spirit giving you a red light and saying, don't don't, don't go through that. Now, you can run a spiritual red light, but you think running a red light in the natural is costly. You run a spiritual red light, and it's going to pay. Have you ever run a red light spiritually, Pastor? I have. I'm looking at my clock and telling stories here. Years ago, we were in the process of buying a house. We're looking at this house, and, man, we like this house. And I'm talking about me and Shelly. And she said, she likes it. She said, I want to buy this one. And every time I would go into a different bedroom, I would get that yuck, that red light. Like, don't do that, don't do that. And so I, I told her, I said, man, I, I just don't sense we need to get that. And so the lady who was our realtor at the time, she was a believer too. And I looked at him, and I remember putting my hands on him. I said to both of them, I said, listen, I'm not against buying her a house. I'm just not going to buy that one because I don't have peace. So we didn't buy that house. And about two or three months, we found another one. We bought it, and we loved it. But six months later, that lady realtor called me, and she said, I don't know what you knew that day But that house was built up on a huge foundation. That foundation settled and she said there were cracks in that foundation between three and six inches long. I said, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for making me look brilliant. The second area he'll lead every one of us with is through the Scriptures, through the Word of God. That when you begin to see what the Word of God says, You can trust the Word of God. you got to learn to get into the Word. You get into the Word, God will get into you. Man, God wants to lead us by His Word. And so become a student of the Word of God. Get into the Bible. Get into it. it. Learn to read the Bible every day. Some forms of, of, of the Old Testament, the New Testament. I love to read the Proverbs every day. Just get in the Word. Remember the Lord Jesus, he said this, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, 4. So again, man, as you feed your natural man three hot meals a day, i got to feed my spirit man. And i got one last scripture. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. I'm getting a different translation out for you, okay? I'm going to read this in the message Listen to what this says. This this is 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 through 17. But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you learned and believed. Sure of the integrity of your teachers. Why? You took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed, and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way through the word we are put together and shaped for the task God has for us. So, the same task that God had for, for Gideon, he's got tasks for every one of us, he's got plans for every one of us. And you know the great thing about God? You're never too late to start. Now, if you've come here very long, guys, I didn't know nothing about God until I was about 20 years old. I mean, I, I, I didn't know Scripture, I didn't know any of that. It, and it was a reflection of my life. And I was messed up, and I needed to be corrected, and I needed to be trained by the Word of God. And so I remember I got born again. and I started getting into the Word of God, and I started just consuming the Word of God and consuming the Word of God. And it began to change me. And so I like to say it this way. God's no respecter of persons, but if He'll change me, He'll change you. You'll move in your life, but I got to become a disciple of the Word of God. I gotta get in there and study and study and study it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubick.com.